Hi everyone, this is Matthew, the parish pastor at Trinity Eastside. Welcome to the Trinity Podcast. Our text for this week is um, Matthew 19, verses 23 to 30. And it's actually a continuation of the text that Chris did the devotional on yesterday. So that works out really well. So I'm going to read uh, verses 23 to 30, and then we'll pray, and then I have some some reflections to share with y'all. So then Jesus said to his disciples, Truly I tell you, it will be hard for a rich person to enter the kingdom of heaven. Again, I tell you, it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for someone who is rich to enter the kingdom of God. And when the disciples heard this, they were greatly astounded and said, well, then who can be saved? But Jesus looked at them and said, for mortals, it's impossible. But for God, all things are possible. And then Peter said in reply, look, we've left everything and followed you. What then will we have? And Jesus said to them, Truly I tell you, at the renewal of all things, when the Son of Man is seated on the throne of his glory, you who have followed me will also sit on twelve thrones, judging the twelve tribes of Israel. And everyone who has left houses or brothers or sisters or father or mother or children or fields for my namesake will receive a hundredfold and will inherit eternal life. But many who are first will be last, and the last will be first. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Uh, Lord, thank you for this day. Thank you that even as I record this and it thunders and rains outside, that we are reminded you are a God who always knows what we need and is always taking care of us. That your generosity and love towards us, Lord, is never-ending. And so, God, we today sit with this hard text about riches and possessions and all these things, and we pray that we would have open minds and open hearts to hear your Son help us understand where the real treasure is for our souls. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. So as we saw yesterday in the the, uh, the podcast, the context of this, if you've been tracking, is the what's called the story of the rich young ruler. A man comes up to Jesus. He is powerful. He is young. He has lots of money. He says, uh, Jesus, I want in on the thing that you are offering. I want to know how to get eternal life. And he is not thinking in that Uh, When he says that of heaven, just to be clear, he's talking about a quality of life that Jesus is exhibiting, he's teaching on, which is called the kingdom of God, uh, among other things. And so this man wants to know how to have this life Jesus offers. But in the end, Jesus says, well, there's something that's preventing you from it, and it's your stuff. Go and sell all that you have and then come and follow me. And it just simply says at the end of the story that we read yesterday, he went away sad because he had great possessions. He was, he was super rich. And in his situation, his possessions were keeping him from being able to do what Jesus said was necessary for him to experience the life that Jesus had for him. So he walks away broken. And so as Chris pointed out yesterday, what this man was being asked to do was he's being asked to give up his competency. He's being asked to give up the things that he relied on for security, for peace, so that he could find a peace of mind, so that he could find security in another place. 
And then Jesus, as the man walks away, he turns to his disciples and he says, uh, he says three things essentially, which will be the three movements we look at. First, he says, truly, it is hard for rich people. Now, Jesus might be the first person and the only person in history to say that, um, that you really, you know, for rich people, it is hard, but he's saying it is a hard thing for rich people to enter the kingdom of heaven. And I think it's good for us, those of you who, like me, find themselves in the top percentile of people around the world who have multiple cars in my driveway, um, who... uh, have multiple pairs of shoes and pants that has more stuff than, than I really need. Um, Jesus said, it's hard to enter the kingdom when you're rich. And even though I know a lot of us probably listening to us wouldn't think of ourselves as like rich because maybe you still are kind of living paycheck to paycheck and you don't have a lot of extra savings. And the reality is, is that so many of us are living so far above the quality of life of most of the billions of people on this earth. And Jesus said, it's hard. He says, it's going to be harder for you and me. And just to sit with that, the danger of wealth is that it trains us that we do not need God. A person who begs for food or who has no savings to fall back on will understand mercy in a way that self-sufficient people never will. And so Jesus says, first of all, he says, it's hard for rich people. And then he gives this illustration. He says, it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle. Now, when I grew up, there was a story going around about a gate in the Middle East at this time that was very low and that was built so that really only a man could walk through it. But that sometimes camels would have to go through this gate and to do so, they'd have to get on their knees and crawl through the gate on their knees. And it was a reminder that when Jesus says the only way a rich man can get in is sort of on his knees, on her knees. Okay, that's that's there's no such gate. There's no evidence of any such thing. It's not true. Jesus is literally saying a camel through the eye of a needle, which is a, of course, ridiculous picture. It's rabbinic hyperbole. It's Jesus's bread and butter. He does this all the time. So he says, it is very hard for rich people. Oh, like, how hard? Well, how hard? Okay, it would be easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle, which is why his disciples immediately say, like, wait, wait, wait. Okay, hard or impossible? It sounds like you said hard, but then you said impossible. Which one is it? And I love Jesus because he's just so matter of fact about this. He's like, well, impossible for you. Yeah, right, of course. But you have to remember who you have on your side. You have to remember the God who parts the waters. You have to remember the God who topples empires and lifts the poor from the ash heap and sits them on thrones. You have to remember that you have a God who raises the dead and brings justice on the earth. Impossible as a concept is off the table when God is involved. It's possible, Jesus said. It's just hard. It's not hard for God. It's possible for God. It's doable for God. We could even say it's easy for God because God can do anything. But it's hard. It's hard for us. Even with all that power at our back. And why? Because the life that is available in the kingdom of God comes to us when we move the locus of our dependency from ourselves, from our wealth, from our talents and charisma, from our intelligence, from our social circle, our reputation, to 
Jesus Christ. That's when we are living in the kingdom. And so the question just, I mean, at this point in the text is the same question Chris asked last, uh, last time. What are the ways that I'm leaning into my sufficiency, my self-sufficiency right now? And then Peter, always willing to say what he's thinking, and he, but he says essentially like, Lord, look, we did it right. We did what you said, right? And Jesus says, yes, you, essentially, yeah, you did it right. Those of you who followed me on this earth, you will sit on thrones. And anyone who gives up in this world, anyone who gives up now in this life will receive a hundredfold in the life to come and eternal life uh, in the meantime. Eternal life is not something I wait till heaven to receive. Eternal life is something that is available to me right now. It is a quality of life. It is a depth of life. It is not a length of life. Yes, you will receive a hundredfold all these things and eternal life in the, in the process. Jesus is saying essentially, yes, the sacrifices that you are facing currently are temporary. With Jesus, our sacrifice is, is always temporary. I remember early on during the, the COVID lockdown, there was just a number of conversations I was having with people who were struggling. They were lonely. They were, they were out of work. They, I mean, for lots and lots of good reasons, they were, they were really going through it. And, and people, people lost graduation ceremonies. And I know people who were supposed to be ordained and they, their ordinations haven't happened yet. And trips that were supposed to be taken, weddings and honeymoons and uh, and then the, the relational costs that so many of us have paid, the loss of proximity of space and time with people, of physical touch and all of this going on. And there's just this sense like, this is ever going to go, is this ever going to go away? It's like, and of course, like if we're thinking rationally about this, we're not f- just experiencing things emotionally. We can say like, I know this won't be forever. I know it's just temporary. I know that I may lose some things, but this isn't like the rest of my life. And yet we're just such, we're just so short-sighted. We just get so lost in the immediacy. And there's a sense where Jesus is kind of always saying to us, the reason this is so hard for you is because you're always thinking in such short terms. The reason this is so hard for you is because you're not really ever thinking beyond tomorrow. Everyone who gives up, Jesus says, for me will receive a hundredfold. And of course, if we're actually... If we're actually looking at the surprise ending of all this, it's that whatever one gives up to embrace Jesus, whatever that thing was that we gave up, it never actually feels like a big deal once you're with Jesus. That's the other side of this. In fact, one of the people in the Bible who gave up the most for Jesus is the Apostle Paul. He gave up his career, his reputation, his lifestyle, his safety, his well-being and health, his home his friendships. He gave up having a family. This person who had given up all of these things, he famously wrote in a letter to a church that he had helped plant. um, Yet whatever gains I had, these I have come to regard as a loss because of Christ. More than that, I regard everything as loss because of the surpassing value of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. For his sake, I've suffered the loss of all things, but I regard them as rubbish in order that I may gain Christ and be found in him. You know, that, as you think about Peter, he gave up so much, but the thing that held him all the way to his end, which was his own crucifixion, was, was not just the promise of a hundredfold return on investment in the life to come, 
but it was the treasure of the one that he was holding on to in the midst of the suffering. Not just the promise of restitution and the kingdom to come, but the treasure that he had found in letting go of what was preventing him for previously from embracing Jesus. I think one of the lessons that I uh, that we can learn from, for example, the the history of the African American church in our country, is that there has been tremendous, pervasive, universal struggle, loss, sacrifice, and at the same time, exquisite, enviable access to a hope and a joy that is deeper and more alive than the hope that I know that many of us have. Because our hope is so tied up in all these things. And Jesus says, when you are willing to let these things go, when you're willing to put them in their proper place and recognize that they can never save you the way that you're looking to them to save you, what you will discover is not only in the life to come will you have a hundredfold whatever you give up now, not only that, but eternal life now, a quality of life that you and I would do anything for that we could not buy, but we would try if we could. But the only way to get it is to give up what we're holding on to so that we can embrace Jesus. And so I pray for you today that you might just have some clarity about what that is. You might just hear the Holy Spirit in a moment like now saying, these are areas where you're leaning into your competency, into your self-sufficiency, and this is what it would mean to lay these things down so that you can hold on tightly to Christ. Bless you. I hope you are well, and I hope it is not too long before we are in one another's presence. Grace and peace to you.